Welcome to the HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com podcast. The opinions and ideas expressed on this show are solely those of HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com and its guests. This is the very best of professional wrestling, both independent and mainstream. You already know what it is once again, and you already know where you've reached. This is the HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com podcast, the number one up-and-coming brand-new professional wrestling podcast in the New York City and Tri-State area. What up, though? I'm your host, Sean H., and I'm so happy to be with you once again for this bonus episode of the HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com podcast, hashtag HWWeekly. But before we get into the show, I got to make sure all my business owners out there know some very important information. I got to give y'all serious information before we get started, and that's about your web development needs. If you're looking for a top-notch web developer, there's only one place to go, and that's hascrea.com. That's H-A-A-S-C-R-E-A.com, the number one web developer anywhere you could ever look. Once again, that's hascrea.com because we love tech. All right, everyone, you're in store for a treat. The bonus episode of the HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com podcast is we're going to be bringing you a review of Money in the Bank 2018 last week, June 17th, in front of 15,000 people in Rosemont, Illinois, right outside of Chicago. It was a mega event, and in this man's opinion, every match on the card, with the exception of one, was top-notch. It was a super dope pay-per-view, and I'm looking forward to breaking it down for y'all right now so let's get into it right here on the hubbard wrestling weekly.com podcast let's start off with the pre-show the bludgeon brothers the smackdown wwe tag team champions harper and rowan formerly of the wyatt family they are now known as the bludgeon brothers taking on luke gallows and carl anderson a very talented tag team multiple time tag team champions all over the world they challenged the bludgeon brothers on the Money in the Bank pre-show last week at Money in the Bank. The Bludgeon Brothers were victorious. I thought it was a good match. I thought both teams went back and forth and showed why they are two of the most talented teams on SmackDown at the current moment. I would have liked to have seen the Usos uh, possibly implemented into this match. I realize that the Usos are coming off a loss to the Bludgeon Brothers on SmackDown recently, as well as WrestleMania. But that has been some time ago now. I figured that possibly the Usos could be in the mix for the tag team titles, and I'm sure they will again. But the Bludgeon Brothers, once again, were victorious. I feel that the club, Anderson and Gallows, put on a very good fight against the Bludgeon Brothers. I really enjoyed uh, the idea that they were on the verge of a possible victory as they were about to... Uh, deliver the magic killer to the Bludgeon Brothers. I believe it was Rowan who was about to receive the magic killer and got saved by Harper, or maybe it was the other way around. But then it led to a victory by the former Wyatt family members as they retain the tag team championships of the blue brand. Again, I thought it was a good a good match. I thought that both teams represented themselves well. I feel like both teams showed why they are two of the top teams on SmackDown. I really like how Anderson and Gallows switched from Raw to SmackDown. I feel like they were getting kind of lost in the shuffle over there. And even though I just said that I thought the Usos should have been involved in the match, 
Uh, I'm very pleased with the effort that Anderson Gallo showed against the Bludgeon Brothers. And it was the first time I think that we ever saw the Bludgeon Brothers in any kind of danger. Um, They pretty much proved that they've been the most dominant team on SmackDown since their arrival and since winning the tag team titles at WrestleMania. But, um, you know, I think the club really showed that the Bludgeon Brothers had some vulnerability. I think Gals and Anderson were put in a position to have a good run after this match because they showed that they can hang with the Bludgeon Brothers who had previously been running through everyone like a hot knife through butter, including my favorite team on SmackDown right now, the Usos. So I thought that was a job well done. WWE then transitioned into the main card, which, by the way, was really, really a long show. But I didn't notice. I didn't notice it was a long show until it was over. Uh, It started at 7 p.m. Eastern time and went till about 11-ish, 11.15, 11.30, about a four and a half hour show. Really, really cool. And it really showed, I think, what WWE is trying to do. Triple H, Vince McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, Shane McMahon, the powers that be over there trying to make money in the bank. Uh, the fifth biggest pay-per-view on the calendar year. They're trying to make it a big five now, pay-per-view. Obviously, you have WrestleMania, the Royal Rumble. Um, you have SummerSlam and Survivor Series. And I think they're trying to make money into in the bank into one of those big-time shows. We'll see how long Extreme Rules runs coming up in the month of July. But um, I'm sure it won't last four and a half hours. But then again, maybe it will because these co-branded shows... And the fact that it's on the WWE Network allowed WWE to run time frames as long as they'd like to. And I think that's the reason why they moved the pay-per-view schedule from 8 p.m. Eastern to 7 p.m. Eastern. Because if they're going to run a four-hour show, they'd much rather have their fans have a chance to go to bed and get to work and school the next day around 11.30 instead of around 12.30. So... Good job by WWE in that respect. Next up, you had Daniel Bryan against Big Cass, who is no longer employed with WWE. Um, I don't really know the reason why. Um, I'm not going to speculate, but um, didn't work out for him at WWE, unfortunately. So this turned out to be his last pay-per-view appearance for the WWE. Of course, you never say never. There's always a chance he can return, but... Uh, It's really a shame when you think about how popular uh, Enzo Amore and Big Cass were just a year ago, and now uh, they are no longer in the company. Enzo obviously leaving earlier due to some outside-the-ring issues, and now Big Cass is no longer with the company. It's really a shame. Those two had a lot of potential, but it didn't really work out. But I digress. Um, Daniel Bryan defeated... Big cast by submission and definitely obviously won the feud between he and Big Cass. I think it was really cool how WWE put Daniel Bryan over in the way they put him over. Uh, definitely chopping down the big tree. Big cast, a seven footer. Really impressive to see Daniel Bryan win with a submission hold. I mean, to, to have Big Cass tap out really was a testament to where I think WWE is trying to position Daniel Bryan moving forward. I'm not going to lie. I almost forgot about, and I'm almost ashamed to say this because I love The Miz. I almost forgot about he and The Miz's feud because I thought that when Daniel Bryan was entered into 
the gauntlet for number one contendership, which eventually was won by Rusev, and Rusev will be challenging AJ Styles at Extreme Rules. I thought Daniel Bryan was going to win that gauntlet because of how impressive he showed himself to be against Big Cass at Money in the Bank. That wasn't to be, but still a huge victory for Daniel Bryan. He's really rolling right now, and obviously, considering how Daniel Bryan was eliminated from the gauntlet match with the help of the Bludgeon Brothers. I'm sure WWE will explain more about that moving forward, but it looks like Daniel Bryan and The Miz are once again on a collision course. But speaking of money in the bank for the purpose of this particular show, Big Cass definitely had his moments of dominance, but in the end, Daniel Bryan was victorious. Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn, a match that I think was very poorly put together. The story was really weak. The fake sisters coming out on Raw, um, the gauntlet, you know, army style gauntlet that he had to run through where Sami Zayn, everybody and their brother knew Sami Zayn was going to attack Bobby Lashley. Very predictable. Bobby Lashley's, you know, audience reactions have not been very good. Actually, some of the fans were actually cheering for Sami Zayn. Um, it, it wasn't good. I, I think Bobby Lashley's run in WWE, I think the nostalgic nature of him coming back the day after WrestleMania was cool. I think he got a big pop because everybody was surprised. Uh, for those of us who didn't know by checking the internet earlier, but I think um, WWE kind of kept it under wraps. And when he came back the night after WrestleMania, there was a pretty big pop in the arena. But since then, the uh, reactions have been very dull. And it's not like Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns gets booed out of the building, just like John Cena gets booed out of the building. But it's a massive reaction when Roman Reigns comes out. That's not the case for Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley is not getting booed. Bobby Lashley is not getting cheered. Bobby Lashley's reaction is very dull. And I think WWE is eventually going to take a look at that moving forward, even though it does look like Bobby Lashley is going to be involved in the world title picture on Raw going into Extreme Rules, I'd be very surprised if Lashley becomes the world champion or the universal champion on Raw, considering the reaction he's getting. But back to the match. Everybody knew what was going to happen, I think. Um, Sami Zayn getting run down by um, Bobby Lashley in the match was fairly predictable um, after all the things that Sami Zayn had said, especially about you know Bobby Lashley's family and the army and things of that nature. We kind of knew WWE was going to set it up and the creative team was going to set it up where Bobby Lashley would, would uh, truly demolish Sami Zayn. But uh, it ended up leading to uh, Sami Zayn being out of action the next night on Raw. And they're saying there might be some injury issues. I don't know if that's kayfabe or if it's real, but uh, unfortunately, Sami Zayn was out of action last week on Raw. We'll see what happens coming up on uh, the episode of Raw coming up tomorrow night as this show is being taped on June 24th, we'll see if he's on the June 25th episode of Raw, but I do believe he does have some kind of injury that he's taking care of at the moment. Bobby Lashley, victorious at Money in the Bank, heading into Extreme Rules, who potentially will be part of the Universal Championship number one contender match, um, but very disappointing reactions for Bobby Lashley. I think he's a tremendous athlete, but I think he's lacking a lot as it pertains to personality and character. And I think that's something WWE should work on. And I think the match only lasting six minutes and 35 seconds is an indicative to the fact that uh, they're trying to make him into a Goldberg-ish 
kind of, you know, smash and dash kind of guy. But um, it's just not working out. I love the vertical suplex, one arm with, you know, egging on the crowd with one arm and holding them with the other arm. I think it's a tremendous, you know, feat of strength. But I think his character is lacking a lot as it pertains to personality. And that's the reason why he's getting lackluster reactions. Nonetheless, Bobby Lashley victorious against Sami Zayn at Money in the Bank. Next up is a match I think universally many fans were really, really happy with. Which is Seth Rollins, now the former Intercontinental Champion, defending the Intercontinental Championship against Elias. Elias has been red hot. Um, his fan reactions have been tremendous. Uh, everybody wants to walk with Elias, and everybody knows what WWE stands for, which is walk with Elias. The fans love him. Uh, he's obviously a heel character, but the fans are responding to him very well. Elias going up against arguably the hottest wrestler in terms of momentum and in terms of in-ring performance lately, and that's Seth Rollins. Uh, Seth Rollins is really on fire right now. Um, he has a lot of momentum going, and uh, he was victorious in a match against Elias. It was a really good match, 17 minutes back and forth. There were times where you truly thought that Elias might come out victorious. Didn't work out that way, but I thought Seth Rollins and Elias put on arguably the match of the night. If you didn't have Money in the Bank matches, and if you didn't have a last man standing match with Nakamura and AJ Styles on the same card, I would have said that Seth Rollins and Elias stole the show. With Seth Rollins retaining the Intercontinental Championship, those of us who saw the uh, Monday Night Raw episode the following night knows that Seth Rollins would lose the Intercontinental Championship in a somewhat of a shocker to Dolph Ziggler, a, a man that I really, really think should be since Survivor Series 2014 when he was the sole survivor of the Authority versus Team Cena match. I think Ziggler should have been a big star then. And even though he's been a world champion, I think he's been underutilized by WWE. Um, and maybe this is the start of something big for him. He does have a rematch on the June 25th episode of Monday Night Raw coming up tomorrow night. So we will see how that goes. But as for Money in the Bank, Seth Rollins retains in a very, very good match against Elias. Now... We move into our first Money in the Bank ladder match where you have Becky Lynch, the first ever SmackDown Women's Champion, going up against Charlotte, who is a multiple-time Raw and SmackDown Women's Champion. Ember Moon, the former NXT Women's Champion. Lana, uh, you know, Lana is the best. Lana number one. Naomi, former SmackDown Women's Champion, arguably the most athletic of all the women in this match. The veteran and multiple-time women's champion, Divas champion, Natalia, And then Sasha Banks, a woman who seems to be getting ready for a major feud with her longtime best friend slash nemesis, Bailey, who surprisingly was not in this match. But Sasha Banks was the former multiple-time Raw women's champion. So impressive, this match. Um, I can't express enough how pleased I am with the women's revolution. Um, WWE is, is showcasing these tremendous athletes and superstar females in an excellent way. There was a point during this match that you thought every person in the match had a chance to win. 
Becky Lynch obviously came within fingertips of winning the match. Um, Charlotte Flair obviously had her moments. There was a time where Ember Moon was in within arm's length of the title. Lana showed a lot for her fighting ability in the match. Naomi, athletic as usual. Natalia showing her technical expertise. And Sasha Banks, who I think pound for pound as it pertains to personality, character, and athletic ability, is the best female on the roster. Yes, I said it. I think Sasha Banks is the best female competitor in WWE. And I think that she's on the verge of a heel turn. And I think it's going to be excellent for her career. But as for the match, several dangerous spots, several falls off the ladder. Um, I think it was tremendous. I think they didn't hold back, similar to the way they didn't hold back when Charlotte Flair main evented Hell in a Cell with Sasha Banks. Um, I feel like WWE has finally decided that the women can do it just as good as the men. And the women are not disappointing. Um, They are proving that they are truly the top echelon athlete in the WWE. Um, And I feel like they should be really proud of themselves. The way everything worked out was Alexa Bliss did come out victorious as the Money in the Bank winner. Um, And she would shock the world later in the night, but we will get back to that. Um, Alexa Bliss has been arguably the most impressive and the hottest wrestler in the women's division over the past year. She is a multiple-time SmackDown and Raw women's champion. She is now a three-time Raw women's champion. And she has now added Miss Money in the Bank to her resume. And I think Alexa Bliss, before it's all said and done, will have a resume that's Hall of Fame worthy, as will other women in this match. I think Alexa Bliss is a future Hall of Famer. I think Becky Lynch has Hall of Fame talent. Charlotte Flair undoubtedly will be in the Hall of Fame. I think Ember Moon, with time and with patience and with proper building of her character, has the potential to be a Hall of Fame talent. Lana, I'm not so sure, um, but I think she's very entertaining, and you never know. Naomi has the athletic ability, 100%, to be a Hall of Fame talent, depending on how she's booked. Natalia, I think, already is a Hall of Famer, uh, considering what she did when it was still known as the Divas Division. And like I said, Sasha Banks, I think, is the most talented female wrestler on the roster, already a former four-time Raw Women's Champion. But in this match, Alexa Bliss... Little Miss Bliss was victorious and became the second ever Miss Money in the Bank. Next on the card, arguably the most pulverizing character, as they call it, in WWE. The guy who gets the biggest reaction in WWE, whether it's boos or cheers, he is the big dog, Roman Reigns, in a match with Jinder Mahal with Sing in his corner, and it was a really good match. I was pleasantly surprised by this match. Jinder Mahal, the former WWE champion. I know some people find it difficult to say, hey, Jinder Mahal, former WWE champion. But Jinder Mahal has proven that he is the real deal as it pertains to a believable character. And during this match and during the, you know, I guess back and forth between Reigns and Mahal leading up to this match, Jinder Mahal proved that he's on a level that is believable where he could have pulled off the upset win against Roman Reigns. But of course, that did not happen. Roman Reigns became victorious after pulverizing 
sing with a spear and doing the same to Jinder Mahal after numerous uh, Superman punches, Roman Reigns was victorious in 15 minutes and 44 seconds. I thought it was a good match. I thought it was well put together. It didn't squash Jinder Mahal. I think most fans would have predicted that Roman Reigns would have won, which he did. But Jinder was not squashed in the match, uh, a la Sami Zayn versus Bobby Lashley. Jinder Mahal came out and put up a good fight. I think I liked the way the match was put together. Roman Reigns was victorious, but Jinder Mahal had nothing to hang his head about. And his character was not diminished by the loss as he and Roman Reigns put on a quality outing at Money in the Bank in Chicago. Next up, the SmackDown Women's Champion, Carmella versus Asuka, uh, the woman who suffered her very first loss to Charlotte by submission at WrestleMania. Uh, She's also had a tag team loss on SmackDown. And Carmella... Defended the title in a match that I think most of the viewing public figured Asuka would take the title from her. I think it was almost a foregone conclusion in everyone's mind that Asuka would become the SmackDown Women's Champion. I think Asuka and her character have proven to be more powerful and more believable than Carmella going into this match to the point where I think Asuka was believed to be someone who was going to dominate the SmackDown Women's Champion. For the most part, that was the case. Asuka was dominant for most of the match, but in typical WWE form and in typical Carmella form, there was an ace in the hole. And that ace in the hole was the re-emergence of Ellsworth. That's right, Ellsworth hadn't been seen on WWE television in quite some time. Returned at Money in the Bank to assist Carmella with a distraction as Oscar was distracted by Ellsworth who had on Oscar-like garb and clothing. Uh, Carmella was able to hit Oscar with a super kick, knocking her out and retaining the SmackDown Women's Championship to the surprise of many. Um, I think Carmella week by week is starting to become more believable as a champion. Um, I believe a lot of people thought it would be a transitional situation, as was the Edge title reign in 2006 when he won the title from John Cena, cashing in Money in the Bank at New Year's Revolution after Hell in the Cell. Oh, excuse me, not after Hell in the Cell. I beg your pardon. After the Elimination Chamber. And Edge would eventually lose the title back to John Cena a couple weeks later at the Royal Rumble. I think a lot of people felt the same way about Carmella. Edge turned out to be a Hall of Famer with many great title reigns in his career, but the first one was definitely transitional. There's no doubt about that. And I thought a lot of people believed that Carmella's first title reign would be transitional, but it has been a while now, and Carmella successfully defends, albeit with some help from the outside from a person who distracted her opponent, Ellsworth, um, Carmella was successful in defeating Asuka on pay-per-view in a one-on-one match. Carmella is still your SmackDown Women's Champion. Next up, one of the big ones. One of the big ones. Last man standing. Last man standing after epic battles at WrestleMania. After an epic battle at the Greatest Royal Rumble. 
after epic battles on SmackDown, after slaps in the face, at contract signings and sneak attacks and all this other stuff, AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura in what my opinion was the defining match in this rivalry went at it for the WWE Championship in a last man standing match. And I'd like to start by talking about and I'll go into I go into great detail during one of my articles. Go check it out in my archives about world champions not defending championships because of not being on TV, a la Brock Lesnar. Um, I think WWE decided to co-brand these pay-per-views to in order to have the WWE Championship on every pay-per-view because of the absence of the Universal title. And I think that was a very smart decision on WWE's part. I don't believe that there should be any part-time champions. I believe in part-time attractions. And Brock Lesnar is definitely a, a special attraction. But if he's going to be the champion, I think he should be there more often to at least defend the title once a month on pay-per-view. But that's a different story for a different day. If you want a more detailed depiction of my opinion about that, please go to the article section of HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com and check out uh, my article about someone not defending the title on a monthly basis due to being a part-timer uh, in the industry. But getting back to my point, which is AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. This was a five-star match. Five stars, in my opinion. Came out back and forth. There was definitely several times where you weren't sure if AJ would beat the 10 count. You weren't sure if Shinsuke Nakamura would beat the 10 count. Numerous forearms, uh, phenomenal forearms, uh, uh, you know, King Shazaz from, uh, you know, Shinsuke Nakamura, table spots, um, chair spots. It was awesome match. And AJ Styles would win the definitive match in this rivalry, retaining the WWE championship by giving a phenomenal forearm from the ring outside of the ring and driving Shinsuke Nakamura through a table to the point where Shinsuke could not beat the 10 count. Shinsuke Nakamura had previously beaten the 10 count after receiving a Styles Clash off the stairs. So there was no definitive idea that he would definitely stay down after the phenomenal forearm through the table, but he did stay down in a match that took 31 minutes and 15 seconds. Five-star AJ Styles definitely earned it. Shinsuke Nakamura did not suffer anything by the loss, and now he is set to go one-on-one -on -one for the U.S. title against Jeff Hardy. I'm not sure how long that rivalry will last, but a Jeff Hardy versus Shinsuke Nakamura rivalry done the right way, I think would be tremendous. And we'll see. What's coming up next for AJ Styles in the coming weeks on SmackDown is he is going to move on, I believe, to a new opponent. But if he were to fight Shinsuke Nakamura again, I would not be mad at that as these two guys are absolutely tremendous in the ring and outside the ring. I love the Shinsuke Nakamura heel character. I love the new music. And there's nothing not to love about AJ Styles. He's the best in the world, in my opinion. Next, the long-awaited one-on-one debut of the baddest woman on the planet, former UFC champion and about to be new UFC Hall of Famer, Ronda Rousey, going up against the Raw Women's Champion, Nia Jax. Um, Nia Jax did exactly what she said she was going to do. She she came out, 
and she bodied Ronda Rousey. She bullied Ronda Rousey. She flung Ronda Rousey into the barricade. She threw Ronda Rousey into the retaining wall barrier. She headbutted Ronda Rousey. She elbowed Ronda Rousey. She did everything to Ronda Rousey that she said she would do. Nia Jax since WrestleMania has been rolling. And Nia Jax proved why she was the champion. But then, out of nowhere, Ronda Rousey came back and Ronda Rousey hit Nia Jax with a series of punching and kicking combinations that were lightning fast and ultra effective, including a massive knee to the face. Ronda Rousey came out and proved why she is the baddest woman on the planet. And she was in, in within inches. I know you've heard this on WWE television, so I'm only repeating what you already know. Ronda Rousey was within inches of cinching in Nia Jax with the armbar and taking the Raw Women's Championship in a match that was excellent. It only went 11 minutes and 5 seconds, but it was a very long 11 minutes and 5 seconds. Compared to the you know last man standing 31 minutes, which obviously we knew was going to be a long match, an entertaining match. But in 11 minutes and 5 seconds, Nia Jax and Ronda Rousey told an excellent story. And it was a match that almost ended in Ronda Rousey winning the title. But that didn't happen. Now, don't get me wrong. Ronda Rousey is still undefeated. She is now 2-0 in WWE. But she won the match by disqualification because Alexa Bliss hit Ronda Rousey in the back with the Money in the Bank briefcase. Hit Nia Jax numerous times in the back and arm with the Money in the Bank briefcase. Threw Ronda Rousey over the announce table to get her out of the way. Hit Nia Jax with Twisted Bliss and became the Raw Women's Champion. Alexa Bliss cashes in Money in the Bank the same night as winning it and becomes the new three-time WWE Raw Women's Champion, adding to her two SmackDown Women's Championships. Unbelievable. Totally well done. Ronda Rousey proved she's the baddest woman on the planet. Nia Jax proved that she is the irresistible force. And Alexa Bliss proves that she is arguably the smartest woman in WWE, the goddess. She is now the new Raw Women's Champion after cashing in her freshly won Money in the Bank briefcase against Nia Jax, making her a five-time overall champion and a three-time Raw Women's Champion. In the last match of the night, very predictable in my opinion. I really think WWE should have went another way. Let me start by saying this. I love Braun Strowman. I think Braun Strowman is a tremendous talent, and I think he should be WWE Universal Champion. It was he against Bobby Roode, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Rusev, Kofi Kingston. Very, very cool that Kofi Kingston was in this match. He deserved the opportunity to be in the main event. Samoa Joe and The Miz. Braun Strowman is the man right now. Braun Strowman is so over, and Braun Strowman should be the champion. Braun Strowman should be challenging Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam for the title as the appointed number one contender. Braun Strowman did not need to win Money in the Bank in order to beat Brock Lesnar for the title. WWE should have made Braun Strowman the number one contender without Money in the Bank. As we all know, Unless you've been living under a rock. Braun Strowman did win Money in the Bank. And is now the new 
Mr. Money in the Bank and has a contract that he can cash in at any time against Universal Champion Brock Lesnar or whoever the Universal Champion may be. But uh, my goodness, I think WWE botched this. They had a great night. The Alexa Bliss angle, awesome. Asuka losing to Carmella because of outside interference by Ellsworth, awesome. Uh, you know, Bobby Lashley, Sami Zayn, not so good. Daniel Bryan versus Big Cass was great. I love the women's Money in the Bank match. I love Reigns versus Jinder Mahal. AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura was phenomenal. No pun intended. But Braun Strowman should not have won Money in the Bank. I think Money in the Bank should have gone to either Kevin Owens or, in my opinion, the best heel character in WWE right now. In the entire WWE. Either Kevin Owens or The Miz. That's right, The Miz. The Miz, in my opinion, is on top of his game. He's great on the microphone. He's better than average in the ring. And whatever he does lack in the ring, he makes up for it by his mic skills and his promo skills. He's excellent. He has his ongoing feud with Daniel Bryan. He's believable as a champ because he was the main event at WrestleMania 27 and won the match, by the way. I don't care if it was outside interference by The Rock or not. All I know is that The Miz at WrestleMania 27 faced John Cena one-on-one for the WWE Championship in the main event, and he won. The Miz is one of the greatest Intercontinental Champions of all time. There's no doubt he's one of the greatest to ever do it as Intercontinental Champion. He's a multiple-time tag team champion. He's a former United States champion. The Miz is on top of his game, and The Miz should have won Money in the Bank. He or Kevin Owens or an outside chance. It would have been cool to see Kofi Kingston have a chance to win the brass ring as well with all the good work he's done. But my choice would have been The Miz. As it worked out, Braun Strowman did win Money in the Bank. It was a good match. Uh, Not as good, in my opinion, as the women's Money in the Bank match. I thought the women's Money in the Bank match was the better match of the two. But Braun Strowman is now your new Mr. Money in the Bank. All in all, good show. All in all, really good show. I'd give it an 8.5 out of 10. I think WWE put on a really good show. It was a long show, but like I said earlier, you couldn't tell how long the show was because it was so well done. Could have done without Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn. Um, But other than that, I think the show was well done. And let me be clear, even though Braun Strowman won, and I don't think he should have won, I want to be clear. Braun Strowman is my pick to be the next world champion or universal champion. He He should be the next universal champion. I just don't think he needed money in the bank to do it. And I think the Miz should have won money in the bank. Um... But Braun Strowman is the man. Don't get me don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say he's not the man. I just don't think he needs money in the bank. All right. So that was our special episode, our Money in the Bank breakdown, our Money in the Bank review. I'm so happy you guys got a chance to hear this show. We're really looking forward to this coming Thursday night, June 28th, as the legendary Steve Mack of the Hit Squad is going to be with us. He is going to break down his uh, newly uh, formulated attitude regarding His former partner, Dan Moff, he's going to talk to us about why he believes the hit squad still belongs to him. And he's going to talk to us about somebody who he feels is stealing his moves. He's been so successful in the world of professional wrestling. He's going to be our guest this Thursday night, June 28th, right here on the Hubbard Wrestling Weekly.com podcast. So with that being said, my name is Sean H. And this is the Hubbard Wrestling Weekly.com podcast. Thank you for being with us. And we will be talking to you next week. Right.
This has been a production of HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com, home of the Hubbard Wrestling Weekly podcast. The very best in professional wrestling, both independent and mainstream. The ideas and content of this show are the exclusive property of HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com. The opinions of its hosts and guests are theirs and theirs alone, as this show and website are not associated with any professional wrestling organization.